You're listening to episode 157 of the FitzPro podcast, and today is going to be for trainers and trainees. The episode is all about how to add on, how to tack on a few methods, three methods specifically, to what already exists within your program as far as set and rep schemes go. This is for coaches who want to learn how to maybe add some, you know, quote unquote, fancy to their programming without changing much, without changing exercises, without changing tempo, without changing any of those other factors, or for trainees who are just looking for ways to have more fun with their training. And I think that these are ways to have more fun with your training. So without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro Podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs, aka not your average Fitzbo. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a Fitzpro. If you have not already had a chance to check out my free on-demand workshop, meaning that you can watch it anytime at your leisure and it is absolutely free, check out Your Biz Your Way, Three Steps to Build a Profitable Online Health and Fitness Business at anniemiller.co backslash workshop dash register. And you can also snag all of the free resources that I have created over at anniemiller.co slash resources. And again, those are for trainees, coaches, entrepreneurs, Everyone is involved. I would also like to thank Legion Athletics. They are the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. If you are in the market for adding supplements to what you already have with your dietary intake, I highly recommend Legion, whether you are using them to make your life easier, to get in more protein, to optimize recovery on top of what you're already doing. Legion is is where you should go, in my opinion. Beyond the supplements themselves, they are scientifically backed ingredients and dosages, so they have 100% formula transparency. They are also 100% naturally sweetened and flavored. There's just no extra crap in the information and or the products, and they work. They taste great. They mix well. How supplements should. Um, I have used other supplements in the past. Legion, for, from my own experience, are the best that I have found. If you are skeptical, I get it. They also have a 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. So definitely worth the try. Again, if you are in the market for adding supplements into your dietary intake, um, go to buylegion.com, B-U-Y-Legion.com and use code Annie at checkout to save 20% off your first order. Or you can also use code Annie to get double reward points if you already by Legion if you're already a supporter. Today we are only going to talk about three different ways that you can spice up your set and rep schemes. All three of them are going to add time under tension in their own respect. That is the main point of all three of these methods. And the applications will be added to whatever it is that you are already doing within your training as stated earlier. So I am going to be very, very, very specific into how you can use these three methods, whether it be with one of your lifts in your training program or all of them. And you will see what I mean by that as we go through these. To start off, a standard set and rep scheme includes sets, which is how many rounds you do of a given exercise, and reps, which is how many repetitions you perform within each set 
of that exercise. And then we also have other factors like tempo and load. You also have rest periods, but we will not be discussing those today. We are focusing on strictly the sets and reps. That could look like in a standard set and rep scheme, if you will, that could look like seven sets of three or five sets of four or three sets of 15. Your rep scheme could also be something like wave loading or something a bit more complicated, not just simply like sets and reps. Uh, it could be a pyramid scheme where you have increases of reps and decreases of loads on the way up or the way down and do the reverse on the way up or down, or something like wave loading, like I mentioned, which could be like a 642-642 using appropriate weights at each of those rep ranges. We are not getting into any of the specifics of those set and rep schemes right now. Just know that those sets and reps will be assigned for every single exercise that you do in a workout. If you have done training before, you know that. Now let's get into what you can do or tack onto your training in addition to your normal sets and reps that you have in your program. Number one and number two kind of go hand in hand. They're they're like cousins and we will talk about another method that kind of goes with these that is within the family. In adding specific time under tension in the bottom half of a movement, that is how these are related. Or adding time under tension where the extent of the eccentric contraction is happening more often than not. At the, at the end range of the eccentric contraction. And that is using pauses or adding in pauses. And we're going to talk about different ways that you can actually implement these within your training. Technically speaking, you can put a pause at any portion of a movement. And this would be shown via tempo at, say, the bottom of a squat or at mid shin in a deadlift. So you would either pull to mid shin, pause, pull all the way to the top, or you could pull to the top, lower down, pause at mid shin, and then lower all the way down to the bottom. Or you could pause at the top or middle of a pull-up as well. These are just some examples of where you might add in a pull-up, not necessarily always at the top or the bottom of a lift, but it is common to add a pause at the top or the bottom of a lift. Adding a pause can be for a single second when it comes to tempo, or it can be all the way up to 10 seconds or longer than that, or in between that range. Point being, to add that time under tension during a specific area of the muscle contraction, and that will be determined by either yourself, if you are adding this into your own training, or by your coach, wherever you put that pause in. How you might implement this could look different depending on on the lift that you are implementing a pause with. I will use hip thrusts as an example and give you two different examples. So the pause here will happen at the top of the thrust, full glute max contraction, right? This would be at the top of the concentric phase of the movement. You could do this at the top of each rep. So there's a pause at the top of each rep for say two seconds or you could add a big isometric contraction on the last rep of each set for 10 seconds. So every rep is just up, down, up, down, up, down, say a one, 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 one tempo. Um, I think I did too many ones there, but you get it. And then on the last rep, you would hit the top, hold for 10 seconds, and then lower. That isometric contraction briefly increases the intensity of the lift, and it certainly increases the demand 
of the muscle fibers at the top of that movement in that extreme concentric contraction. And I shouldn't actually say concentric contraction. The muscle is fully shortened at that point within your range. So it's at the at the extent, at the end range of that concentric contraction. For something like a bicep curl, you could add a pause halfway down. I would curl all the way up, lower halfway down, pause for a second or two, and then lower all the way down, and then straight back into the next rep. This would be adding extra time under tension in the mid-range of that lift. You could also pause near a sticking point of any lift if you wanted to work on strengthening the muscle fibers within the degrees where the sticking point happens. And I've talked about that on other uh, podcasts. I also talk about that extensively inside my peer programming course. Again, the basics of a pause is that it's an isometric contraction, meaning the length of the muscle is stationary. It is not moving. Um, An isometric contraction of the muscle within either that eccentric portion or the concentric portion. It is pausing in the middle of one of those or at the end range of one of those, and it is an isometric contraction. It's fun. It's a simple way to spice up your training if you feel like you need it or if you are looking for a way to spice up programming for your clients and keep things kind of fun and interesting without altering other factors such as exercise selection, say, without making those big changes. Next up is very similar to pauses, and that is pulses. If you've never used pulsing in strength training, I encourage you to give it a whirl. I first experienced this in a bodybuilding phase when I was probably 20 years old or so. You see pulses all the time in things like Pilates, um, in things like bar kind of dance uh, ballet derived movements. You also see them in gymnastics, quite frankly. I have never been so sore in my entire life up to that point anyway, as I was from adding in pulses to my strength training. How they work is at the bottom of the last rep of every set, we performed five to 10 pulses before finishing the last rep. It was absolutely brutal. We were using a weight that was probably an RPE of eight at the time, but quickly became an RPE nine or 10 because of the pulses and then having to finish that last rep after you have definitely fatigued the muscles. Let's take shoulder press for this example of how you would implement this. Any shoulder press variation works. You complete your three sets of eight reps. That's what's programmed. Okay. So three by eight, that's the rep scheme we're working with. Now we're going to add five pulses at the bottom of the last rep of each set. So we're only pulsing on one rep per set. And it's the last one at the bottom of the lift. Perform seven shoulder presses. Remember we're doing three sets of eight. So seven reps, lower down for your eighth rep, then do five two to three inch repetitions, so small contractions at the bottom of the movement, and then finish out the last rep, pressing all the way to the top. It is so spicy, it gets so spicy, and I would imagine that it is wildly effective and most well-used, most well-applied to hypertrophy if that is the goal of your training. Like I have repeated throughout this episode so far, this is 
just another way to add more time under tension and muscle fatigue to what is already happening without changing much of the programming as it stands. These are, these are tactics you can add in addition to a normal set and rep scheme. I would consider pulses as a cousin to pauses and quarter or half reps. It's kind of like the in-between of those two methods of, of, uh, of full pauses, full isometric contractions, and going to a half rep or quarter rep in between your full, full reps. It's not quite an isometric contraction, and the range of motion is smaller than that of a quarter rep when you're doing these pulses. So it's right in between those two tactics. So we discussed how to use this with one rep per set, but you could also use it like a one and a quarter rep and add two to three pulses at the bottom of every rep if you wanted to. So take a reverse lunge or a walking lunge, for instance, you could lunge back or forward, let's do walking lunges. So you take lunge forward at the bottom, you do three small pulses, stand up to the top, step forward, three small pulses, stand up, so on and so forth. So every single rep that you're doing has two to three small pulses at the bottom of the rep at that end range. I am sure that you can imagine the muscle fatigue and demand that this tactic brings to the table. And absolutely, yes, you could just increase load or increase total volume. These are ways that we can add more intensity and time under tension. But today is all about the little ways, the little fun, spicy ways that you can add to your programming outside of the norm. So take them or leave them for what it's worth to you, yourself, your programming, your clients, etc., etc. The last thing we can do is back offsets. This is, to my knowledge, more traditionally used in powerlifting, I believe. Could be wrong, but that is where I have seen it the most. But I am sure that it also has, has its place within bodybuilding as well, because hypertrophy is the goal, and this literally just adds more reps to your sets. This is a very effective way to increase muscle fatigue after strength sets, which is why I think it's been widely used in powerlifting. I see the best use of this in large compound lifts. That's where I see it applied in the way that makes the most sense. Even things like a hip thrust, an RDL, or pull-ups, movements where you may be working in lower rep schemes, but very high loads. That is where you would add on a back offset. We have not talked about pull-ups yet, so let's go ahead and use that for this example. But remember that this can apply to all of, all of the movements. It can apply to squats, deadlifts, bench press, all of the above. Perhaps we have programmed four sets of three on assisted pull-ups. That's relatively low volume. We're only doing 12 total reps right? And while you can cause hypertrophy via many different set and rep schemes, we know that now, that, that hypertrophy is not limited to a specific set and rep scheme or load, it might be worth tacking on some good old-fashioned volume if hypertrophy is your goal, but you tend to be working in more traditionally known strength ranges, which again is generally lower volume, higher loads. In this case, you would use assistance and maybe do 
one or two back offsets at higher reps, like eight to 10 reps. So you do your, uh, what did I say? Four by three assisted pull-ups and then, excuse me, unassisted pull-ups, four sets of three unassisted pull-ups. And then you would tack on assistance to do those higher reps, say two sets of eight or two sets of 10. They are called back offsets because the intensity is much lower. You're literally taking load off in order to fatigue the muscles at a lighter load. You're backing off. With push-ups, you could even do this as push-ups from the toes and then lowering to your knees for back offsets. I'm just trying to paint a picture and, and hopefully you're grasping that it's just lowering the load. So back to the pull-up example, if you were doing weighted pull-ups, then maybe your back offsets would be done at body weight. Hopefully that makes sense, especially if a person has been in a strength phase for a long time, or maybe a client really likes higher rep, lower weight type of training, but they need to be working strength. You can implement back offsets to kind of give them that that happy medium, a little bit of joy that they, they really like in addition to the strength work that they need to do. So maybe you have heard of those, maybe who you have not. Hopefully you, you have some level of understanding of them after today's episode and can implement them either with yourself or, or with a coach or with your clients. If you love this episode, please head over to iTunes. Uh, Apple Podcasts, I think it's called Spotify. Give the show five stars, leave a written review. If you have not yet checked out my mailing list, I encourage you to do so. I send a daily email. It's real short. It's real snappy. It's just a daily reminder of some kind, normally uplifting. Sometimes I light a, light a fire under your tush. Um, it's called Annie's Daily Dose. I also send Annie's Weekly Wisdom, which is a longer format. Both of those have exclusive podcast listener discounts at the bottom. So worth checking out. Go to AnnieMiller.co slash news. Until next time, I am Annie Miller, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Fitzpro Podcast. Podcast.